We're going to pause today from the usual study that we have been in in the book of Luke. And I'm so very thankful at days like this, times like this, seasons like this. Our Lord knows us very, very well. He knows that we need appointed times and seasons in which we pause from our usual daily routines of work and activity and all the other things that we do to celebrate and to worship Christ for who He is. We need to be reminded that this Christmas season really is not just about family gatherings and gift giving. Folks, it is that, yes. And those things are good. But you and I need to always remember that these days that we're celebrating now are first about the birth of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to do that today. We want to do that today. So turn with me, if you will, to the book of Luke and follow along with me as I read. I'm going to begin in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and then I'm going to turn over to Luke chapter 2. Follow along with me, if you will. Verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then over in chapter 2 of Luke, beginning in verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Folks, in this secular culture that we live in today, where the simple but supernatural truths of God are pushed aside in favor of more easily believable stories about Christmas. These simple words that are found here in these scriptures, they sound quite impossible 
to us as we compare them to those simplistic ways that our media present to us. Sounds unbelievable almost, fable-like even. An angel coming to speak to a young virgin girl about having a baby, telling her that it's God himself who will cause her to conceive this child. That sort of thing, folks, has never happened to any of us or to anyone that we know. And so while we might generally accept it, there still can remain room for doubts within at least some people's minds, perhaps most people's minds. And as we know, the media voices that we hear daily across our airways at this time of year, they are very powerful and convincing. And they go to great extents to further any doubts that we might have. While they may not openly deny the birth of Christ, they do insert cleverly devised words and thoughts that suggest alternatives. And in the end, they treat this account of the birth of our Lord Jesus as just being one more fable. Just one more fable. And the worldly wise media truly is clever in all of its efforts. I noticed that over these years of increased media influence, the distraction, distraction has become a very effective weapon of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Instead of producing movies about Jesus, they simply produce more and more enjoyable movies and cartoons about Santa Claus and about elves and all those other fantasies. Seemingly harmless stories, yes. And while in themselves those movies and those cartoons may be somewhat harmless, the simple truth is while we watch those movies and those cartoons, we're being cleverly distracted away from the real and true message of Christmas. That is the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Folks, the devil is so subtle and so clever, isn't he? I have been guilty of watching some of those movies recently instead of movies about the Lord Jesus. Folks, as believers, you and I need to guard ourselves carefully that we are not led astray in our faith. That we not let those who control the media keep us from God's true intention for the celebration of Christmas. A question. At the human level, why would men and women in the media, and also all across our world, why would they seek so determinedly to deny the truths that these precious words bring to us? I'm convinced that it's for a very simple reason. It's because somehow, down deep inside of them, the Holy Spirit makes them to know that if they do accept the truth of just these few simple words about the birth of Jesus, then they will also have to accept all the other things that this Bible has to say. And they can't allow that to take place. They can't allow themselves to accept that. Because other words in this book, other words within this book, call them into account 
call each of us into account for our actions and our behaviors. And most people don't want to do that. Most people don't want to do that. It's all a part of the great battle that the Apostle Paul spoke about in Romans chapter 7. A hard-fought battle within the soul and the spirit of a person. A battle to win us away from the salvation that Christ gives to us in favor of the destruction that's assured to those who do not accept it. And it all begins here. It all begins here. If we can only believe these simple truths about this little baby, then a whole world of wonder opens up in front of us. A new and different form of reality. Most of us have become so accustomed to the kind of reality that we live in. One that's so filled with turmoil and strife and distrust and disagreement. All in amongst people and all in amongst their families and all in amongst their cities. And yes, within churches especially. Disagreements. We think that that is real life. And people tell us that that is real life. But folks, it isn't. It isn't. That awful daily lifestyle is only a counterfeit that Satan supplies to us each day. Real reality is what God promises to us. And it's represented within that little baby. That real reality that God promises to us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. That's the Holy Spirit living in you and His fruits coming out within your life. And all of that truly can be yours and mine, but only if and to the extent that we believe. And our belief begins here. It begins here with simple words like these about the birth of Jesus. But as we know, belief, even simple belief, is not an easy assignment. God is not logical as you and I perceive logic to be. And the way He does things is not often logical. This account of an angel visiting Mary and Mary conceiving a child while she's still a virgin. It's not logical to us. And the natural workings of the mind want so badly to fit God into a more natural sense of rationale. And at this time of year, our secular media will go to the furthest extents offering their worldly wise explanations, attempting to explain the occurrences of the virgin birth of Jesus with more natural and logical and believable sounding explanations. But it can't happen, folks. It can't happen. And you and I must also cease in our own efforts to bring God and who He is down into our own level of thinking. No matter how badly we want God to fit into our natural sense of rationale, He won't. He won't. And He can't. God is not natural. God is supernatural. But let me warn both you and me that this encouragement can only be done through faith and faith alone and not by intellectual effort. 
that Holy Spirit that comes to live in us when we receive Christ as our Savior. He brings this with Him. Folks, faith is the one and only special equipping that God gives to you and me to enable us to fully understand the impossible, the supernatural, the things that God does. Simple faith. Simply believing. And it all begins with the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus. And please do note carefully that these verses clearly state that Mary truly was a virgin. A question that many have asked. Is it important that Mary be a virgin? And the clear answer is yes. Yes. It is so very, very important for so many reasons. One of those reasons being that there must be no doubt that God the Father is the Father of this baby Jesus. Let me say that again. There must be no doubt that God the Father is the Father of this baby Jesus. And then secondly, Mary needed to be a virgin so that there could be no possibility that the sin nature could be passed on to Jesus through the seed of a common man. And that, folks, is important beyond measure. The Lord Jesus was the spotless Lamb of God without stain, rancor, or blemish. Utterly perfect in every way. And it was because He was perfect that He was able to be our acceptable sacrifice. Had He won sin, or had He a sin nature, He would not have been able to be that spotless Lamb of God who was an acceptable sacrifice. Mary was truly a virgin. And yes, that is a question that has been debated and is debated regularly even in many of our so-called seminaries today. But please, please, don't you ever let anyone debate that question with you or give you cause to wonder. As we just read there in verse 37 of Luke 1, nothing is impossible with God. And yes, all of this truly is a mystery. And God has kept it a mystery for one all-important reason, and I am so glad for it. It's because if it were explainable, if all of this were explainable, it wouldn't require faith to believe it. And God has ordained that faith is to be the foundational basis for all that we are and ever hope to be in Christ. And faith is the one and only doorway into the kingdom of God. And yes, as you and I are bombarded daily with secular denial that Jesus Christ is who He says He is, we need to hold fast to our faith. As the Scriptures tell us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so, as we look at this mystery of the birth of Christ, let's always remember and fully accept that our simple faith is the key that will open that doorway to this mystery within our own souls. Listen again to these words. Verse 26 again from chapter 1 of Luke. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. These 
words, folks, immediately presume that as we read this, that we have faith. That we truly believe that there truly is a God. That He is personally involved in the things that take place in our lives. He was personally involved in the lives of Mary and Joseph. He's personally involved in your and my life. Unfortunately, we most often live at such a pace that we're not able to take notice of God's hand in the events of our days. But we must. We must. Here we're being told that yes, God is real. He really is real and that He has a plan that He's carrying forward. It's a plan that will result in the redemption of untold millions. And this portion of the plan involves an angel. And it involves a simple virgin girl. Again, it requires faith. Faith in God to believe that there is even such a thing as angels. But here, the angel Gabriel brings the most important message that mankind could ever receive. Verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. One final thought and then we'll close this portion of our worship and we will then worship taking the sacrament of communion. Again, there in Bethlehem, just moments before Jesus was born, came the first rejection that Jesus would receive. There was no room for Him in the end. And Jesus would experience many more rejections and denials while He lived and walked among us. The Word tells us that He came to His own, but His own received Him not. And He is still being rejected. Many people today, many, many people who say that they believe in God, they continue to reject and to deny the Lord Jesus. But dear friends, we must always remember that whether a person receives Him or rejects Him, Jesus truly is still Lord of all. Just because you don't want to Believe in Him. He is still real. He is still who He says He is. I have a baby granddaughter. And I think a lot about what little kids, little children do. And often they'll put their hands over their eyes so that you can't see them. Folks, that's what so many people do with the Lord Jesus. They put their hands over their eyes, over their minds. And they want to act as if He doesn't exist, but He is still Lord of all. Whether they believe in Him or not, whether anyone believes in Him or not, He is still Lord. And so I plead with you and with me, let us never be guilty of turning Him away. Let us instead, this moment and every moment, surrender our hearts to Him and welcome Him as our Savior and our Lord. And let us do that afresh every day that we remain on this earth. Surrender. Absolute surrender. 
Listen to these words as we close. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let's pray.